Hey, this is Colette and welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. If you struggle with weight, food, body image and never-ending diets, just like I used to, well, then let me help you figure this food thing out. I want to help you transform your life so you can change the way you think, feel and behave around food. And that means you can quit diets. Yep, I said it. I said you can quit diets. Believe me, it is doable. You just have to learn how to work with your unconscious mind and not against it. So join me each week as I break down how you can do this and how to activate your natural ability to eat for your body and quit diets forever. So today we're talking about can hypnosis help with emotional eating? So let's get into that, right? Um, I'm sure you are well aware that hypnosis is is uh, much more prevalent now than it ever used to be. Um, people use hypnosis for quitting smoking, helping with PTSD, uh, so many things. Fears, phobias and stuff like that, fear of flying. It's very commonplace for people to think that hypnosis is something that is out there and and pretty much works. And I believe hypnosis is great for emotional eating because I think it often can get the root get to the root of where the emotional eating started without having to go into all the details because sometimes those details can be murky like that actual incident can be murky, but there's a general feeling that we can usually tap into. And once we tap into that feeling and allow your unconscious mind to kind of unravel all the knots around it, if you will, it can change the way that you think about that going forward. And ideally, I believe changing the way you think changes the way you feel about food, ultimately changes the way you behave around food. So it's something to think about. That's what we're talking about today. So I'm sure you've found yourself like, you know, eating a whole bag of chips or so much food while you're sitting there binge watching your favorite TV show. You know, I've done that too. And often it becomes part of a habit. Like you sit down, you watch Netflix or whatever it is, your favorite TV show. Maybe you're a football fan and you watch watch football on the Sunday. And along with that comes all of the snacks that go with it too. But we're not diving into your favorite snacks right now. We're going to get in, we're going to get in and look at like really it's a fascinating part of hypnosis and how hypnosis can relate to emotional eating. What so first of all let's talk about what hypnosis is not. Not the hypnosis that I not the hypnosis I do anyway. Most TV shows have shown you exactly hypnosis with you know that swinging pendant or that watch that goes back and forth chanting you are getting sleepy or something like that nor is it uh watching someone you know being hypnotized into clucking like a chicken on the stage although I have to admit I've been to one of those shows and it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life I walked out there with my friend Laura we sat there and we watched this show it was many many years ago it's Paul McKenna and it was in New York City and it was so incredibly funny I you know when your um, your sides are aching and your cheeks are aching and your stomach's hurting because you've been laughing so much for literally two solid hours? That was where we were. It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Not that I ever would have volunteered <laughs> to be under hypnosis, but I 
love stage hypnosis. I can't do it. I would never do that to someone. That's not what I can do. And I think I've always been, I've always thought "Mm, maybe I should train in it, but you know what? I'm never going to do that to anyone because I think people have such a fear of that. But then again, I go to give massive kudos to those people that go up on the stage and are willing to put themselves in that position of being so vulnerable because that would never be me. Hypnosis can't actually make you do something apart from stage hypnosis, and that's different. I just want to give you a heads up that he has um, often primed those people beforehand, like very suggestible. And if anyone up there really didn't want to do what they were doing, they wouldn't have done it. But anyway, I digress. Hypnosis can't make you do anything. Your subconscious mind is always in control, but your subconscious mind can be open to suggestions, which is why it's great if there's something that you want to change and you seem so stuck that you can't change it. So if you think about it, hypnosis is a state of focused attention. It's like being so engrossed in a book that you forget to have lunch or being in the zone when you're working on a project and all of a sudden you realize it's it's the end of the day, it's nighttime and you, you've done all this work and you didn't even, like, you're like, where the heck did the time go? You're super aware, super receptive, but you're also relaxed. So we've all been in this stage before. We often call it in the zone. So imagine it's like tuning your mind's radio to a very specific frequency. So now why does hypnosis work? Because our subconscious is a wee bit more gullible than our conscious mind. It's the part of you that thinks the monster under the bed might just be real after you watch like a a scary movie. And the conscious mind says, the logical conscious mind, nah, no, you know, that's not true. But the subconscious mind whispers, yeah, but what if? And you find yourself running down the hallway with the lights on or turning the light off and running really quickly into the room. I mean, have you ever been there before? Yeah. Yeah. Because your unconscious mind starts getting you at it and your conscious mind is saying, that's ridiculous, that's ridiculous, don't be silly. Which is why a lot of the time we can actually find ourselves talking ourselves out of our intuition, which comes from your unconscious mind, because it doesn't make sense. When you get that crazy feeling that something like bad is going to happen or something feels unsafe, you hear these stories all the time. Someone said that they were somewhere and they got a really bad feeling in their stomach and they were just like, oh, this doesn't feel quite right and they left. And then they found out afterwards that something pretty bad happened. Well, that's your unconscious mind talking to you. It doesn't feel logical, especially if that conscious part of your mind says, don't be silly, nothing's going to happen right now. Everything's just fine. Case in point, when you look at these uh, scary movies, right? when you have someone doing something that you're screaming at the at the TV screen. No, don't go in there. Don't go in the house alone, right? Because you're being prepped and primed by all of the, uh, the little signals and signs that are going in the movie because they want to take you down that path. But your intuition is very in tune with you and your body and can often give you those little messages yourself. So I want you to think about whether or not your body has ever given you any of those subtle hints that made you change direction, do something differently because it didn't feel quite right in your gut, but you couldn't put your finger on what it was. And then afterwards you found out that um, you did the right thing. So now, a hypnotist is someone that can gently nudge the unconscious mind, that subconscious mind, they're both the same thing, 
into adopting healthier beliefs or habits. It cannot make you do things that are bad for you, that are not working for you. you it cannot hypnotize you into doing anything that you don't want to do. But part of you really wants those healthy habits. Part of you just wants to kind of like lose weight and not deal with the emotional eating. So a hypnotist can really help you like say goodbye to that emotional binge eating part by changing the way you think about the food and therefore allowing you to behave differently about that food. So let's look at some myths here, right? Um, Being hypnotized does not mean you're weak-willed. No, there are a lot of people that say that. Sometimes religion has a really hard part with um, saying no hypnotism. But you know what? There's a, when when people go to some of these, like uh, I'm sorry, this is one of the churches you go to. People are very susceptible if you think of cults or you think of some of these religions where you go and they hold up the snake, which is like a very scary thing to me. I would never go to that. And 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 everyone kind of goes into a little bit of a trance. Okay. That's like a master hypnotist right there. And if you look at your whole life or experiences you've had in the past or things you've read about, you can see where a lot of these experiences can be trance-like. I personally don't really put anyone into a trance. I um, have a conversation back and forth with you so that your unconscious mind can be part of that conversation, which is pretty fascinating, actually. So... It does not mean you are weak-willed if you can be hypnotized. And if that were the case, every time like your grandma told you you looked thin and you eaten more and you needed more food, well, then you'd be in a food coma for days. So it really, it does no one can tell you you are not weak-willed, right? Weak-willed. It's also not about surrendering control. You won't spill your deepest, darkest secret secrets unless it's something that you want to. But that's a story for another podcast. And you cannot be stuck in a hypnotic state forever. There's plenty of movies out there that, you know, when they hear a certain song or someone clicks their fingers, that they go back into that trance and do those terrible things. There have been some fantastic movies uh, where, you know, when someone was clicked and sent into a trance, they would go and do the murder or or steal the jewels or whatever it is. That really can't happen. But they do make for great movies. You just can't be... Uh, in a hypnotic state forever, you will wake up, you will function. And you know what? You may just function better than before. So now let's look at the elephant in the room, emotional eating. Hands up if you've ever stress eaten a tub of ice cream or devoured a whole pizza when you were sad or maybe more slices than you wanted. I have. I totally have. And I know a lot of my clients have too. This is where hypnosis can be a real game changer. So your brain connects emotions to actions. Um, in your past, at some point in your life, in your past, and I talk about this a lot, some, something may have happened and someone gave you, let's talk, let's, let's just for argument's sake, it was chocolate. You were sad, you were hurt as a kid, maybe something happened that upset you, maybe something happened that hurt you, and you were given chocolate to make you feel better. Or maybe, um, you know, there was a different scenario going on that you had a very critical parent, but chocolate was something that felt soothing and comforting to you. So then, you know, part of you now as an adult, when you feel sad, you might eat that chocolate. When you feel stressed, you might eat that chocolate. When you feel happy, you might eat cake. 
Where do you think that could come from? That could come from sharing a cake and a birthday party or something like that. When you're bored, you can eat chips and sometimes there's something about the crunch of the chips that creates activation in the mouth and it's a sensory thing and so there's all of that involved too. But through hypnosis, right, the aim is to break the emotional eating cycle. And instead of reaching for food, you might find yourself reaching for something else, a book, a paintbrush, maybe even your sneakers and going for a run, whatever it is. So I just want want you to understand that hypnosis is not voodoo. It's not witch magic. It's not any of those things. It's actually science. It's psychology. And it's sprinkled with a dash of imagination. And you have powerful imagination that comes from when you're a child, whether you see pictures in your mind, which I don't, or you you kind of like paint, use words to paint that image in your mind with your imagination. It's a powerful tool to overcome challenges, especially emotional eating. And while it may not work for everyone, that is true, it may not work for everyone, it's definitely worth exploring, especially if you've tried every other diet out there and you feel that, well, that diet didn't work because now I'm just going to go on another diet. And after all, wouldn't it be fun to have the cake and not eat it too. And you know what? I just heard a saying was the other day while I'm on that saying of um, you want your cake and eat it too. Who wouldn't want their cake and who wouldn't want to eat it too? But apparently the real saying is he wants his Kate and Edith too. I don't know if that's true. I might have to, I should have dug into it before this podcast, but I only just remember that I read it. So apparently that's the original saying. He wants his Kate and Edith too, which means he wants two girls, which kind of summarises you want your cake and eat it too. But who wouldn't want your cake and who wouldn't want to eat it? So that really doesn't make sense. So let's also talk about um, hypnosis. And as, for example, ancient Egyptians had sleep temples, which in a way it, it, we would recognise them today as hypnotic practices. Imagine that like Cleopatra might have had her very own hypnotic guru. And if you think about the 18th century, you've got Frank Mesmer. He was a very flamboyant character who believed in animal animal magnetism. Not as kooky as it sounds, but his methods were very theatrical, right? And he set the stage for modern hypnotic practices that, you know, people have developed and they've evolved over time. Right back to the present. Emotional eating and... Um, finding a way to reprogram that old pro- program in your that, in that wonky app in your brain that's not working for you anymore. At one point it worked. It's also the shortcut. Your brain creates this shortcut. And hypnosis isn't just like that one trick pony. It, it really is used for so many things. Managing chronic pain without opioids, assisting in childbirth. People go for the whole hypnotic birthing thing because, uh, you know, they want that better experience. Um, and also don't forget that a lot of athletes like um, Serena Williams, for example, said she gets into the zone before a game. So if you think about it, getting into the zone is almost like a, it's kind of like a trance-like state. And again, we talked about that before. Have you ever been in the zone and all of a sudden time has passed and you've got a ton of stuff done you didn't even remember because your unconscious mind takes over. It's very clever. It's very smart. And it can totally do that. So that's it for today. It's a very short podcast and I want you to think about any time that you've been in a trance-like state and found yourself like, you know, when you get in the car and you start driving to wherever you're going and 
you're listening to the radio maybe or you're doing something else, you're daydreaming, you're thinking and you get to where you're going and you're like, huh, I don't even remember passing the so-and-so bakery or that building or whatever it was. That's a trance-like state. We are often in and out of these trance-like states. And by the way, children are in this trance-like state a lot. You can't really hypnotise children because they are already in this trance-like state. So um, that's it for today. If you've got any questions, I would love to talk to you about them. And I will see you next week. So guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. Um, I would love any suggestions for anything that you would like to talk about. Give me your questions, give me your topics, give me your thoughts. And if you are struggling with food, weight or diets and you got value from today, I would love you to write a review. It helps me share my message and I read each and every one. So thank you. If you know anyone who could benefit from this content, please share and subscribe. I would love that too. And I just want to point out that in a world full of dieters and diets and so on and so forth, and if you're in that world, you know what I'm talking about, I always felt so alone with my guilt and my shame about my secret eating. And I just want you to know that you are not alone. I also have a great freebie, which I think I've already put the link there, which is um, figuring out what your weight loss blocker is. Uh, If you're getting stuck, then why don't you go and look and see what resonates with you? Because when you find out what is part of your issue, what's, what's keeping you stuck, your triggers and so on and so forth, that's when you can start making the change, okay? So download the weight loss blocker guide and um, the link is in the show notes. And if you're looking for help, as always, reach out to me. You can work with me one-to-one. You can check out my membership. In my membership, we have hypnosis audios. Um, Every month, we have a new topic, and I can guarantee you almost every layer of losing weight or struggling to lose weight is covered in one topic or another. So check that out. That's on my website, colettesheelkraut.com. And I will check in with you next time. 